broadening culinary horizons and diversifying does not mean taking two random ingredients and smashing them together. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo. Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of Game Week 27. I'm your host, Don, and I'm joined, as always, by my amiga, Kylie, and my amigo, Mars. We're joined this week by our amigo, Peter Blake, who all of our listeners should be following at MathSafe underscore FPL. Welcome to this Blank Game Week special podcast, Peter. So we're looking forward to speaking a lot on uh, strategy, and uh, we saw we saw you laid out your podcast prep on Twitter on Sunday, so we're looking forward to delving into that later on. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's uh, it, it's it's going to be confusing this one, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it is a bit like trying to trying to make sense of it. It's like um, the code, trying to break the code basically for the for the remainder of the season. But we'll do our best to uh, shed some light on uh, on it for our listeners. Um, first of all, I want to cover the standings update for the Three Amigos Classic League. Uh, Paul Jones is still top of the table there, Sky Player in FBL um, on 1,725 points. Peter, you're, you're our fourth placed manager in our league on 1,680 points. So um, you've just creaked up into that spot. Coincided beautifully with me coming on the pod, so I'm pretty happy with that. But yeah, Game Week 26 I, was, uh, was pretty good. So. I think one would think that you only come on when you're doing well, Peter. But that's not uh, true. No, it's, it's absolutely not true. I've um, <laughs> been on here when I've been having some shockers as well. So. You have, you have. Um, and, of course, then, I, I this pains me to do this, but in our top managers from the month of February so far, there is um, there is a name in third place. <coughs> Marzi's <coughs> VIPs, baby. One, 194 points Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. The coming up the hill. Yeah. <laughs> A beautifully played triple captainship, and uh, he's just ahead there of our mate John John G. Griffiths United there in uh, in fourth spot on that one. But uh, still on uh, top of the top for the month is Mark Razam with his uh, Razors eleven. So um, great work all of those except for Mars. So um, the tell us Mars come to you first on it and tell us about your um, your game twenty six briefly. Um, how did it how did it go? And um, and of course we know that you got a fair whack of points, but who did they come from? Yeah, uh, 78 points, um, mostly from uh, Agman Man, uh, Son Salah, Pogba, Robertson, Laporte. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good game week. Um, obviously, I had um, Sun and Rashford sub out, which was a bit annoying with Sun scoring in, in the FA Cup. But yeah, 78 points to follow on a, a really successful double game game week with 116. So it's nice. I needed that. Nearly, nearly at the hundred thousand now. Nice one. And uh, Kylie, how about yourself? How did Game Week Twenty Six go? Um, it was good. The uh, death spiral of recent weeks was on pause. Thank God. Um, I ended up on seventy nine points minus a hit, which actually was a terrible hit because I got rid of Barnes for Jimenez in a really stupid move in retrospect. Um, but we can just blame that on my emotional situation following the previous two awful weeks. Um, I had quite a lot of good scorers, Sterling, obviously, and I, I'm not going to lie. I, every time I stepped out of the room when the TV was on, 
uh, Aguero scored a goal during that match, I was highly stressed. Um, and so it got to this point where I was just staring beadily at the screen, just like waiting for something to happen. So Sterling's late onslaught of points was very much appreciated since I am still Aguero-less. Um, but I also had Salah, Pogba, Son, Robertson, Firmino. So it could have been a lot better if I hadn't made a stupid decision, but I don't care because it was a really strong game week for me and kind of helped settle things. Good stuff. Yeah, I like when, when you have a few bad game weeks, it is nice to um, to get things back on track. Uh, how about yourself, Pete? How did you get on? Uh, yeah, not bad. Uh, 83 points. Uh, so actually, I think it was pretty good, to be honest. Um, I've got a highly, highly template team so everyone everyone I score points with everyone else got points from as well like yeah Robertson Salah Pogba Aguero etc um I think what tips over the edge so um I've got two or three differentials kicking about uh one of which is Ben Foster who scored 10 points uh so he's I think he pushed it over from a, a decent game week into a, a pretty good game week actually so yeah and um yeah highest rank of the season so far as well so keep pushing yeah it is all it is all about getting those differential differentials in and them doing stuff when you when you do have similar to myself it's a fairly template team at this point um james ward prowse and Pereira came in for rashford noble miang so it was 72 points and red hours red arrows everywhere down to 20k and of course the pressure is on now next up mersey we have your rant of course this is our um a chip special but um we can't have a, a three amigos fbl podcast without the mars's rant that's what the listeners want so um take it away and uh bitter bitter and stout actually mike mike jetski was actually asking will will matt safe fbl be singing along with mars or just doing his idols karaoke routine i i, I would i would love to sing but uh, i don't think uh, i don't think anyone else would appreciate it so <laughs> so, so it's, it's, possibly, it's possibly banned. They don't appreciate my singing. I just do it anyway. <laughs> I said there will be a duet <laughs> soon, so we can uh, we can, we can do something. Later. So anyway, yeah. Um, well, I know we didn't just know the blanks yesterday, but things just feel all not so right. Because you always know how just to play how to play with my mind. Well, I feel I'll need a special way to navigate you, but I don't know when that's the perfect strategy or what the perfect time to play my chips. FBL, you leave me confused. Don't know if I should free hit a wild card or should I wait it out. FBL, wish I knew I just just what to do. I'm so confused. So F- FBL, what do you want to see? Want to see me get down on my knees? Want to hear me begging, baby, please? Want to feel me crying for mercy? Oh, FBL. I wish I knew your world. I think I'm losing my head over you, FBL. So I think oh. I just summed up how we all feel. Mars, I don't. Wait, think, I don't I, know that song. Yeah, so we don't know that song, Mars. It, like it's okay when you pick, you know, the Backstreet Boys. You're being or too Spice differential. Girl. Oh, please! Yeah, yeah. You don't even know the difference between the two of them. <laughs> what song was that? <laughs> oh, yeah, just that that slagging will never stop. But um, never so ever. It, it, it was beautiful, Mersey. If just if it play, it was a little bit of a differential move. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you know it or not. <laughs> Because I'm because I'm old and I'm out of touch anyway. Um, I sent the, uh, it to you before the bloody pod. Yeah, I listened to it. It sounded like, <laughs> as I said, it sounded some knockoff just Justin Timberlake. <laughs> that, that's what it sounded like. But um, the uh, let's move on, folks. To the big topic of the week, of course, that's what we all came here tonight to talk about, and that is, of course, chip strategy. 
as we say every week, every team is different. And so the tactics which suits one team will not suit another. That is especially true depending on which chips managers have left. But um, of course, we've just seen the final FA Cup um, match of the of the weekend to tonight and Manchester United beat Chelsea. So um, after that, there was the draw. And so a few things are clearer for the schedule towards the end of the season. Kylie, will you give us a little bit of a sum up on on what we found out tonight and um, and what we can what we can plan around. Right. Okay. So uh, we're not going to touch too much on assumptions, but just quickly cover off that what we do know really. So we do know the teams who uh, currently have a blank in game week 31, and then we know the teams that currently have a blank in game week 33. Of those, there's quite a list that are blanking across both. They are Bournemouth. Burnley, Huddersfield, Leicester, Liverpool, and now Chelsea, Everton, and West Ham as a result of Chelsea's loss to United tonight. We also know that um, Arsenal and Southampton do have a fixture in game week 33, and if the double game weeks go ahead in 32, as we're all anticipating, they will also have a double then. So that's something that could be very interesting to people. And the last thing that we do know that we've discovered tonight is that Wolves and United will definitely have a blank in game week 33 and then seemingly a double in 35 because they are playing against each other and that uh, in that game week, in game week 33 anyway. So regardless of who wins, that fixture will be off then. So it gives us a little bit of clarity around um you know, facts, hard facts, which is really helpful at this stage. There's still a lot of questions that will come out of all of this and we won't know more until really the results of the next round of the FA Cup. Great stuff, Kylie. Makes sense. So obviously the one, those of us who are fortunate enough to have all of our chips are in the optimum situation coming into this stage of the season. Um, Pete, I want you to speak as basically bring us through um, what you would regard as the optimum kind of strategy as it's looking at the moment. And of course, it's only your opinion and things will change. But what's your what's your thinking on people who have their wild card, their free hit and their bench boost left? Um, how is the end of season looking for them? I think it's still going to be difficult uh, regardless. I mean, so just, just to confirm what we're talking about here, you've got game weeks, 28 through 29, Everybody, 28, 29 and 30, rather, everybody's got fixtures. You've then got a series of blanks in 31, you've then, which are going to be moved to 32. Uh, so you've basically got blank for a lot of teams in 31 and then a double in 32. And then it's immediately another set of blanks after that, probably quite a few of the same teams as well if they're still in the FA Cup. And then into 35, you get uh, another double fixture as well. But it's that. 31 through 33 where you get blank double blank for quite a lot of teams which is really going to be you know proved to be quite difficult i think for a lot for a lot of people so i mean i i've i've done quite a bit of work on this over the weekend and really really sort of trying to think about it and there's there's multiple different strategies you can go with i mean i've i highlighted five on my twitter feed which i think you know could be viable for people but ultimately what it comes down to uh the way the really way the way to think about this is that you're going to have to make a sacrifice of some description and it's a question of which sacrifice you think you are willing to take which is going to determine what your strategy 
she is. Uh, sacrifice, obviously, is a pretty strong word. So uh, a compromise, I think, is maybe a better description of it. But there's four areas of trade-offs or compromise I can see right now. So you can either go into one of, one of or two of the blank game weeks with uh, a week starting 11 or even less than 11. So you might have only have a few players playing. Number two, you can go into a double game week with less than 11 players playing. Number three, you can have a, a restrictive uh, tr transfer policy and a series of weaker transfers uh, in game weeks 28 to 30. Or number four, your bench boost or triple captain will have to go onto a single game week. If you can decide which of those four you would rather do, uh, you, you would rather sacrifice, I suppose. That will determine what your strategy is. There's plenty, uh, there's plenty of ways to think about it. There's plenty of ways of approaching it, and it kind of depends on what your starting situation as well is. But the one I think I'm, the one I think I'm going to go with, it's almost like it's actually kind of a blend, I suppose, between one and two. So I'm, I'm kind of going in with one of the double game weeks and one of the blanks. I'm not going in with weak starting 11s, but I'm going in with maybe eight or nine players. Uh, which I'm kind of comfortable with. And what that means is on another blank game week, I can use a free hit. So in, in game week 31, I'll use a free hit um, to cover the blank game weeks. Game week 32, all my transfers leading up to game week 32 are going to be trying to accommodate that double, but only maybe getting in maybe nine players or so. And that's probably when I use my triple captain. Yep. Then in game week 33, uh, I've, I can use the two free transfers, which I hopefully would have sorted, you know, stored and saved up, or maybe one transfer as well, to maybe play seven or eight players in game week 33, um, because realistically there's probably still going to be quite a few single single game week fixtures in there, so it should all be okay really. And then moving into game week 35, that's when I use my bench boost. So the only real the only real compromises I'm making are in game weeks 32 and 33, where I'm probably got maybe f somewhere between five, six or seven players fewer cumulatively than other players, uh, other managers would have. The reason why I think that's worthwhile is because it means in game weeks 28, 29 and 30, I'm not compromising my transfers. I'm not having a, a restrictive transfer policy. If you consider you know, the blanks in 31, there's going to be teams like Man City who are blanking. There's going to be teams like Man United, uh, Wolves, Tottenham are going to be blanking in there as well. These are very good FPL assets for us at the moment. Uh, you, you know, are you thinking players like Jimenez and Doherty and Rashford and Popper and you know, uh, Son, Aguero, etc.? If you're gonna go into game week 31 with a full 11, but you're not using your free hit at that point, you're gonna have to sell a lot of those players, and I'm not really prepared to do that. So, I think the compromises I'm making in game weeks 32 and 33 are probably going to be compensated by any gains I get from having better players in 28 through 30. It's kind of the theory I'm working on right now. Obviously, it may change. I've seen we've the FA Cup draw happen just as we started recording, so I've been furiously scribbling notes and trying to work out whether that alters my strategy. I don't think it does, ultimately. I think that, I still feel, for me, that feels like the better strategy. However, yeah, if you, you go on Twitter, it, every possible permutation and theory you can think of is out there. So, by all means, do your research, but I mean, somebody's already shouted out Ben Crellin on this podcast. Yeah, definitely go to his um, Google Docs, uh, his spreadsheet there, and just try and work out how you're going to navigate your way through on the understanding that the four trade-offs I've said about earlier, you're going to have to make at least one of those. It's just a 
question of working out which one you're comfortable making. As soon as you know that, it kind of becomes a bit easier to, to, to work out which strategy is going to be. What, what if the trade-off is willing, willingness to take hits? Okay, yeah, that's that's the fifth option, actually. Yeah, if you're willing to take hits, um, you, you, you can probably put out um, pretty strong 11s in, in in all of the game weeks as well. But that's, I mean, for example, that transition from 32 to 33, you may have to take a few more hits if you're going to get 11 in both. You're probably going to have to take five or six hits or something like that to do that. Cool. We could actually so probably... Let, let me jump in with... I was going to say, I'll jump in with my plan and just explain where I'm coming from with regards to the hits. So my plan is, um, I've used my TC, so that's already out the window. So my plan is to dead end my team until 31. Uh, Three hit 32. Uh, Then the same team, 33 with transfers. Wildcard 34, bench boost 35. Right? So my plan is, so looking at the teams and the fixtures that I have, I I actually, to be honest, um, th- there's some good players, and I can get to, to 10 or 11 with a minus 12 if I want to push it to minus 6. To some people, that might sound a lot. But actually, it's four game weeks. That's like taking a minus 4 every game week. And I honestly have no issues doing that if I think the players that I get will return those. And looking at some of the pictures, I think they will. Now, the, the way I plan to do it, you know, I know I understand the big players have some good games. So, for example, Aguero... Uh, Pogba, these guys, will will stay in week 31. However, I have a plan looking at the fixtures of who I'm going to take out when, for example, Anderson comes in next week for Sane because of game week 27. Um, and then I think I don't take anything 20, no, 28, I'll do two transfers, nothing in 29. I'll do three transfers for 30 or two for 30 and three for 31, whatever. Um, so I'm willing to take it so I can 10 or 11. I've got two Huddersfield players, but actually I'm getting rid of at least one of them because I don't trust Huddersfield and I don't want their players. Um, no disrespect. So um, I'm willing to have 10 to 11. <laughs> That's always your goal. <laughs> no yeah. disrespect. And it's always about poor Huddersfield. God love them. It is. It is but, um, yeah, so now obviously Chelsea, Chelsea now um, being knocked out tonight changes the plan a little bit because when I originally looked at my plan, their players were not ones that I looked at. I'm still not interested in Everton because I thought fixtures and um, unless I see f- good form. The good thing about, so for me, the, the good thing for me now, with, with taking hits and without committing to anything, I can wait and see exactly when the doubles are moved to which game week and then make my moves depending on that. And also then I get, get to see the form, I get to see who's injured, etc. So I'm not rushing into any transfers. I'm not saying go and do eight, three transfers in every game week. But I do plan on taking hits until 31. Then I'll free, free hit for a double game week where I can have a bench of absolutely nothing and 11 hopefully good players that play twice. Uh, then <clears throat> now that Chelsea are playing in both 31 and 33 and even Everton, if I do have a couple of their players, I actually need only one or two trans- what, maybe one transfer to, to actually have 11 players for 33 because I have my team for 31. And then wildcard in 34 for... For, for for the end, it's a late wild card, so you could you could say the wild card has been held too long, but I'm happy at the moment with this plan. Mars, well, I mean, one thing to consider about that, and again, I think it's a perfectly valid plan. I think you know you shouldn't necessarily be frightened of taking hits, especially at this stage of the season. There's going to be everybody's strategies all over the place. If you know minus four every week, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world at all. 
one other thing that you need to be aware of, though, when you're transferring out these players, I mean, let's take, yeah, we've already talked about Man United and Wolves, right? They've definitely got a double in game week 35, but uh, they've got the blanks as well in 31 and 33. So under your strategy, you're probably, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly who's in your team, but of a lot of people out there, I've got Doherty, a lot of people have got Jimenez, a lot of people have got Rashford, and a lot of people would have got them early as well. So they've got a lot of value tied up in them. If you're going to have to sell them soon and you're going to want to get them back again, it's probably going to end up costing you you know, half a million to a million pounds uh, in, in in transfer value as well to get them back in for those doubles. So it's just worth considering that the idea of taking these really good assets and selling them, if yeah, you're selling them for blank game week players in 31, would you be making those transfers under normal circumstances if the fixtures weren't mm. like this? Would you be selling, yeah, would you be selling Doherty, Jimenez, Rashford, Pogba? Probably not because they're all on form players at the moment. I've got no problem yeah, working your structure, yeah, working your strategy and your structure around the fixtures. But you've got to be aware at some point you're probably going to want to bring them back in again. And if you've lost a lot of value on them, you're going to weaken your team in other areas as well. So it's just that, something to consider. That was going to be yeah, my question. I, I, it, before, what, before your wildcard and all, you're losing a lot of value. And it's it's one of these things I hate bringing not, out not, taking out personally, good form not, yeah. from players. Personally, I don't have the hot team. And Jimenez only just bought. So value-wise, not much. I agree with I, I understand your point. Uh, Ratchford and Pogba, I jumped in not too early, not too late, but I'll probably lose 0.5 between the two of them, if that. And uh, listen, like you said, you have to take something at some stage. And yeah, definitely. I'm not scared of losing a little <laughs> bit to, to gain points. At the end of the day, I'm only interested in points. Right now, yes, team value will be good. And yes, I'll need it for my wild card. But I'm, I hope that, well... If the players that I bring in start doing well and people bring them in because they also want them for black in week 31, I could make the money somewhere else. Um, this is I'm interesting. Just saying, I think, I think um, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say this is interesting um, going on to that this discussion because actually what you're saying, Pete, is really quite relevant to me. So initially I had said that my strategy was much the same as Mars's. One key difference between us is that I, I do have my triple captainship as well. So I have the full suite. Um, but importantly, I have Rashford, um, Hogba, Doherty and Jimenez. Jimenez isn't a problem because I've just brought him in, but I was a very early adopter on some of those other ones, all of them, in fact, but particularly Doherty, who I bought at 4.4 before he started scoring his goals. And so these would be, uh, particularly with their doubles now essentially confirmed, these are players that I had already earmarked that I didn't want to get rid of. So it does throw up a question for me as to whether that is still a viable option and whether dead-ending my team into 31 is something that I want to do. I'm now debating whether I would consider a slightly different um, approach, which might be to wildcard in 30, free hit in 31, bench boost in 32 because um, there's more doubles there that, that we know of, um, transition into 33, which would be weaker. It wouldn't necessarily be a, a full 11, but I think it's uh, qu quite achievable to have a reasonable team for that and then gear up and triple captain in 35. I haven't sort of mapped all of how I would do that out quite yet, but it is something that I've started thinking about because of the fact that I have all of my chips and doing it the other way would mean triple captaining in a single game week 
which isn't the worst idea, but I would prefer to be playing it on a double game week. And mostly it's because I'm actually already very um, well set up for 32. And I was going to free hit then. I'm I'm already quite well set up for, for 32. And I don't want to have to sell some of those plays. In, indeed, I'd I'd rather be able to hold on to them, further optimize my team with a wild card, and maybe navigate it that way. I but think, I think, yeah, sorry. No, no, sorry, you finish. I was just going to say, I think this discussion in and of itself, which doesn't even touch on all the other possible permutations, just goes to show how complex this is. And this is with us having these chips at our disposal. So it, it just gets even more complicated in some respects when you don't have them. I think the strategy you just described there, it, it's going to, the problem you've got, your problem you're going to have is that transition from 32 to 33 because if you're setting up for a bench boost you're going to want a lot of double game week players in there to make it worthwhile and then suddenly everything flips at that point because all of those guys pretty much all of those guys apart from Arsenal and Southampton as you mentioned earlier are going to be in a position where they're blanking in 33 and you've already used your free hit chip I'm what I'm doing is kind of it's kind of similar to that but I'm setting up in 32 to have a lot of single game week players as well. And I'm using my yeah, triple cap- would... I'm, I'm, I'm using my triple captain there and then using bench boost in 35 uh, potentially um, because I think, but again, I'm using my wildcard later than you are. So it's easier for me to transition towards that. But I think in 35, you're still going to have given that Brighton have pulled Millwall and cup. They're pro- probably going to be in the FA cup semi-final. So there's, yeah. And if you add in like, Players, you know, cheap players like Doherty, if you got him early as well. Um, arguably as well, Cardiff are probably going to have a blank and a double in 35 because Man City are almost certainly going to you know, roll over Swansea. Out of Brighton and Cardiff, you, in 35, you're probably going to have enough double game week bench fodder to make a bench boost worthwhile. But again, you're probably yeah. going to need a wild card to get to there from 33. So Absolutely. It, Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the questions um, because that is an alternative that I had also considered is which way to do the the triple captain and the bench boost. But, um, you know, I think in in what I had mentioned, it would not involve a full 15 of double game weekers. It it just couldn't because I – think it's a case of hedging your bets to some degree. You mentioned compromise, and I think that's absolutely the case. There is a compromise for all of us, even if we have our full arsenal of chips at our disposal, because of the fact that these come, these game weeks come consecutively. So we just really, you know, we can take hits. That's absolutely true, but you can't necessarily field a full fully optimized team for 31 32 and 33 and play additional chips like your your bench boost and your triple captain so it may be that there's a couple of single game weekers who look quite attractive during this period that are worth keeping in the team um you well, know you do have you have liverpool and chelsea Exactly. Liverpool right. in so, particular, you know, yeah. so do well, I want to yeah. get rid of Salah? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. I think we are, a lot of people will have probably at least, you know, people have Robertson as well or another defender that that, that we kept, they, you know, uh, I think Liverpool are playing Southampton maybe, I think. I, I can't remember the, the full fixture, but, uh, and Chelsea are playing Cardiff away. Yeah, they away. are playing Southampton. And Chelsea well, are playing Cardiff away. <laughs> so, 
these these are players that can definitely single game week players that you wouldn't you wouldn't want. Sorry, so, Liverpool so, are actually playing Tottenham in 32, so it's not a great fixture for them. But then, do you not want to have them for Southampton in 33? Because it's going to be very hard to to get rid of Salah for the double and then bring him back at 13 point whatever million. For and it's Tottenham at home, huh? Tottenham at home. It's um, yeah. it's yeah, the difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just looking I at think, the pictures now. I yeah. think, um, yeah, lads. I think we. Um, I think it is a matter of just picking your poison and looking at it now. I'm. I'm thinking maybe the thing to do is actually to just take one game week that you're going to have an absolute turd of a team and book a weekend away with the family or something and not watch <laughs> any TV. Right, me. Right, oh, Get a bottle just, of red. Just, just take hips. I think. I think the most. The, the, there's a couple of things. Right. Pete said it at the beginning. It's your team. There's so many uh, permutations out there. Do your research. You have to be patient. You should not because all, all of this is assumption, right? What, what's moving into 32? What's moving into 35? All is assumption. Soon we will have at least 32. What doubles are going to be moving there? So you need to be patient. Um, and the, yeah, last one is for me. Yeah, don't be scared of taking hits for sure. Yeah, the um, one thing actually you mentioned earlier on, Kylie, you were saying, of course, we're fortunate if we have a full arsenal of of chips at our disposal. But um, let's jump quickly on to those, of course, who don't have that full arsenal. Um, I want to actually start off with Mars um, first, maybe to talk about tactics for those without any chips. Is that simply, Mars, a matter of just being patient, not worrying too much about having too full a lineup and taking tactical hits? pretty much every week for that period is that you're going to have to be taking hits because without chips to try and navigate that is going to be very, very, very difficult. You have to choose a game week that you're just not going to care about, right? Or start making moves now. So, for example, the fact that a lot of people got lucky today with Chelsea because some people still have Chelsea players and they might not have any chips. So you've got Chelsea, you've got Liverpool. So some, some teams might already have five players without making any moves. A couple of moves and you'll be at eight, nine players for game week 31, right? So, but you really need to, right. So you need to take into, in in your mind, do I want the double game week or do I want the blank game week? Because you might have to just, people are saying blank game week 31, it's crap games, blah, blah, blah. Okay, then don't focus on it. Concentrate on the the big players. You know, City have good games up to 31. Uh, Liverpool have good games. Uh, West, West, a lot of the teams have good, good games up to 31. Forget about 31. There's only a few, few, few teams playing. You will have the Liverpool players. You might have Chelsea players, and make your moves for the double. Um, and then for, for 32 again, most of the players. Uh, sorry, for 33, most of the players that you have um, in 31 are playing again. And if you get some doubles, we already said some teams like Arsenal, Southampton, etc. That will be playing twice. I'm not sure if I want to have really that many Southampton players, but hey, they're fighting and they're doing well. Um, apart from that, have a strong beer and, and maybe cry a little bit. It's fine. It's okay. You can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kylie, the, of course, the next the next group of managers will be those with just kind of the free hit or wildcard ship left so that they've burnt one of those along the way. So um, how about you give our listeners the advice, those who are in that boat, what way would you be suggesting to navigate? Yeah, so again, like with the other situation, there's lots of different ways that you could do this. 
I'm basing my assumptions here, I guess, on, on what I would call my optimal strategy, partly on what I would do if I was on, in this position and partly because my team is quite template at the moment and, you know, that suggests that a lot of other people have these same kind of players. So, uh, you know, for me, I have a lot of double game week 32 players in my team already. If you're someone who doesn't actually have that situation and you're you're a completely different track and you're actually really well geared up for um, the blank game week 31, you might do things a little differently. So for me, looking first at those who have the free hit and they don't have a wild card. And for this, I'm focusing on these chips more so than the bench boost and the triple captain. There are ways that you can work around these, but I think navigating 31 to 33 is really about having these chips because they're the ones that could make quite a substantial difference to your strategy. So I would free hit in 31. And um, the reason for this is because it will be the most significant of the blank weeks. We already know this. There's a large amount of fixtures that are missing, five fixtures. So that's 10 teams who are not playing. Um, and because of the fact that it's pre it's preceding a, a double game week where all of those same players who are missing are they going to be playing, it becomes very challenging. Um, one of the benefits, I guess, of, of free hitting in 31 in this situation is that it does allow you to focus on your 27 to 30 fixtures to build your team towards um, the double game week and then you know, transitioning in, into 32. And it also means that you're not necessarily missing out on some opportunities. This is something that Pete touched on earlier. You know, we have teams like Man City, Man United, these kind of guys who have, who have really, um, you know, strong points potential over this period. And if you're fully gearing up to 31 without a wild card, then, you know, it, it could be quite difficult. Um, so looking at this, 31 becomes stress-free. Then we just get in whoever we want for that and it's done. Where this gets complicated is your transition from 32 into 33. So two key points here, I guess, is that we know that we can't have as many blank fixtures as, as we would in um, blank 31. We do know one confirmed blank already, as we mentioned, that's United and Wolves. So this is new news and it's something that you'll have to factor in, particularly because their players are probably amongst the highest owned um, in terms of teams that could be missing out that week. Um, and the other thing, as we mentioned, is the fact that uh, Southampton and Arsenal have a confirmed fixture in 33. So uh, confirmed fixture in 33 and, and a probable double in 32. So they're a good place to start because while they're not necessarily the most reliable teams, that that's for sure, but there are options in there that could be useful. So... Abamyang, Lacazette, Kolasinac, if you're, you know, like the, the stress of uh, not getting clean sheets, but maybe getting assists. And then possibly at the cheaper end of the scale from Southampton, you've, you've Redmond and Bednarak, who is already quite highly owned. Leading up, <coughs> leading up to this period, um, they both have good fixtures in 27 and 28. 
at dodgy fixtures in 29 and 30. And then they have reasonable doubles or, or what looks like doubles. And Arsenal has quite a good uh, game week 33 fixture as well. So, you know, there's a lot of people at the moment who are talking about bringing in an Arsenal striker for the next two fixtures. So what I would say is that if you're doing that and you're one of these people who doesn't have a wild card, you're probably going to have to bring them in and maybe suck up the two bad fixtures because you really do want to conserve your, your transfers during this period. Um, so what I would say then is you've looked at those, maybe you've identified a couple that might be interesting. It is probably worth having them in your team, even if you don't particularly love them because it does give you some uh, some scope then to look elsewhere. You've already got some who do have a double and some who then play in the blank. So if you just position them in, then we can look at the others. I would then be looking at confirmed single game week teams who play every fixture with no doubles and they don't have any blanks. We've already talked at the top of the pod about who these teams are and there are some of them that look attractive. So Liverpool, we know they are really strong options, the strongest options that we have in this mix. Chelsea have come into it. There's premium options there. They obviously are a bit suspect at the moment, but there's quality. Leicester are a team who have super fixtures from now uh, right through this period, um, and they're worthwhile considering. And then there's some of the others who are really cheap options that, you know, you could do well. What I would say here, I guess, is I wouldn't just fixate completely on double black, uh, double game week players because you almost have to look at this period of 31 through to 33 as a whole if you're in this situation rather than isolating, you know, just one particular game week. You can go with through and just absolutely throw away one of the game weeks. That's absolutely an option. But Go away on a weekend away with the family, Kylie. Just yeah, you could is, yeah. do that. Or you could think about the fact that single game weekers, they still have three fixtures over this period. They may not have a double, right? And we love doubles, but we love doubles when we have time to transfer them in and out. We don't have time to transfer these guys in and out between our blanks and our doubles. So... Sometimes, you know, as in, in in this case, I think it makes sense to look at it as a whole and focus on those players from now through this period that you could bring in, whether it's for a hit or not, because that could be lucrative, who have good fixtures and the ability to deliver maybe some consistency and certainly some points. And I guess in the build-up to your your double game week, right, into 32, I'd probably be looking at your team and really identifying weak points that aren't double game weekers. So, for instance, if you have someone in your team who has a blank, who plays in the blank in 31, but then doesn't in 33, an example of this might be a Newcastle defender, because you're free th- hitting in 31, that person isn't someone you need in your team you're not going to have to worry about them for 31 and then they don't really give you any value in 32 or 33. So you could look at changing this to a single game weaker like Chilwell or Pereira or one of these guys who at least will play all of those fixtures. Um, And I guess really what it's about is you need to outline your vision, come up with what you think 
is reasonable for you to achieve for 32 and 33 and then start building towards that between single game weekers, double game weekers, and then a little bit of Arsenal and Southampton and probably pray that some of the teams who are in uh, the next round of the FA Cup suddenly fall out. I know I personally like the chaos, but if you're without chips, it, it could get a little bit uh, difficult. But, you know, this this would give you a full 31 team. It would give you a strong team for the double. And it would give you a team with a decent amount of players who play in 33, factoring in your Liverpool, your Leicester, maybe some Chelsea, Southampton and Arsenal. You're probably going to take a hit or two going from 32 to 33. But I would not be aiming to have 11 players in 33 in that instance. You know, I think you do need to be reasonable. You don't have to fully sacrifice a week, but you do need to recognise that, you know, you're not going to get out a full team and it's not worth taking hits for absolute dross players. Taking hits for players where you think that you have points potential, that's a different sort of story. Um, and, and then you have two free transfers leading up to 35. You'll have more information about who's going to be there. If you throw in a couple of hits, that'll help you optimise your team further. And, you know, you would hope that because of your previous double game week that you still have a number of those players in your team anyway. So it's probably the ones that no longer have a, a second double that you would be getting rid of. <laughs> so... You know, yes. for, sorry, I was just going to say, just to give a quick example, right, my team currently, I, as it stands, have nine players who have a double in 32. So that's Doherty, Wambisaka, Bednarak, Sterling, Son, Pogba, Hoiberg, Rushford, and Jimenez, right? So of those, Hoiberg and Bednarak play in 33. I wouldn't particularly expect a huge amount of points, but their fixtures aren't bad. And then I have Salah, Firmino, Robertson, and now Fabianski and Digne from my team who do play in um, 33. So if I threw in, say, two Arsenal players in the mix, that's basically giving me nine players for Game Week 33 as well, based on my current team. That's not with any transfers. So I definitely think that some kind of reasonable strategy is possible to achieve over the course of these three highly complicated weeks as long as you use your free hit in 31. As I said, if you currently have a team that's full of people playing in 31 and very few double game weekers, I would flip the script there and I would probably be playing my uh, free hit chip in 32. But it does leave you still a little bit sticky because you're selling maybe attractive assets. So, yeah, bottom line, be sensible, focus on fixtures and form, and don't be too scared of playing single game weekers in a double game week if it's going to give you some points potential in all of the game weeks as a whole. Nice one, Kylie. Um, great, great extensive answer there, but it's, um, I think uh, there's nothing worse than taking hits to bring in mediocre players that are um, just to make up your numbers for, for those blank game weeks. But um, the uh, you know a lot a lot of food for thought there. Thanks a million. Um, I mean, do you remember folks, that guy? What was his name? Phillips. Uh, who did he play for? Was it West Brom? This is a couple um, of seasons ago. Matt, Matt Phillips. Matt Phillips, yes. Him and I remember 
I remember bringing in a striker from Middlesbrough in much the same Nicole situation Grado. for a hit. Yeah. Yeah. I ca- I captained the Grady on a double game week. Got three uh, points in total. I see your captain and raise your triple captain. Mm. Triple <laughs> captain. Good lord. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I, I think I, so. Other than Caroline, I can't remember. I remember that so as soon as as soon as the game first game kicked off, just sitting and watching it and going, and I I, I know this is a stupid thing to do. I just uh, why didn't anybody stop me? I mean, why didn't anybody stop me? Yeah, sure. hand control of your account over. Yeah, no, it's uh, painful when that happens. And Kylie, what about those who don't have the free hit chip? Okay, so this would be slightly different, but much of the principles are the same. So, you know, I kind of won't wax on about those. But um, where I would approach this differently is that I would probably dead end my team into 31. um, And I'd stock up on players between now and then who I feel have the ability to deliver immediate points. So, again, avoiding the dross, but looking at players you know, maybe Pereira, more Liverpool if you don't have them, perhaps Chelsea, these kind of players. There's certainly players in the mix. Um, there's Bournemouth who aren't attractive before 30, but certainly after that are, um, and West Ham's Anderson. So there's players in there that, that you could bring in. Um, and then I'd stress here that for game week 31, if you're doing a dead end, you don't need a full 11. And that's probably wise because you're going to have a look at your team as it stands and there's going to be some players, again, referencing Wolves United, who you're, you're not going to want to get rid of. So, you know, your, your Doherty or your Rashford, Pogba, there'll be some of those when you look at your team now who you're just going to think, there's a double game week coming up. I'm not going to lose X amount of value by selling them because I don't think that I'm um, – going to give myself the heartache of trying to buy them back on a wild card that might not be too effective. So what I'd do is I'd look at your team, block out those players that are absolutely no-go, you're not going to remove them, and then I'd look at the remainders in there. Mars referenced this when he was talking about um, his, his strategy in terms of having all of the chips. Look at the ones that you are willing to part with and then look at viable alternatives that you can bring in, you know, whether it's from Burnley or Bournemouth or any of these players. Um, you know, if they have points potential between now and and into 31 and it's not just in game week 31, then I think that you bring them in. Then you'd wildcard in game week 32. And I, I guess one of the key things to remember here is that if you're doing this, you're not playing any of your other chips, which means that your focus for the double game week players needs to only be in the starting 11 because you're not bench boosting. And that seems an obvious thing, but the reason it's important is because that actually gives you some freedom to be able to set up at the same time for game week 33. So hypothetically, if you were wildcarding in game week 32, you'd look at this and you'd be able to go, okay, I have my bench there and I can actually fill my bench with people who are playing in 33 but do not have a double, all right? And, and you know, these options outside of Chelsea and Liverpool, they're quite cheap. So, it, like, that's absolutely possible. Um, you then have a decision to make about Liverpool. We discussed this earlier. So whether you want two or three of them in the double game week, 
is is up to you. They're playing Tottenham, but you will want some of them for game week 33. Personally, I'd probably be happy in this situation to just stick with two of them, maybe Salah and Robertson. So then outside of that, you've Arsenal and Southampton, as we've mentioned. And so you could throw in a smattering of those. So just to quickly cap this up and how this might look, if your wildcard team included four benched players, including a goalkeeper, so let's say hypothetically Burrick, Chilwell, Goodmanson and King, okay, they have a single in 32, um, but they play in 33. So they can sit on your bench. You're not bench boosting. It doesn't matter. Throw in two Liverpool players, Salah and Robertson, and then four across Arsenal and Southampton. This seems heavy, but you could lighten it up. That alone will give you 10 players in game week 33. All right? Just by doing that. Yeah. You've set that up on your wild card. If you work it back, right, of your 15 players on your wild card, right, we're removing the four benched singles and the two Liverpool. That's six. So that's nine double game weekers for 32 and 10 players for 33, all in this same wild card team that you've just produced. You then have a transfer or two around that. That gets you really well set up for both of them. And then you have a couple of game weeks to navigate what you want to do for game week 35. So, you know, I think you may not want to rely fully on Arsenal and and Southampton, and you may be happy to introduce a couple more singles or something might go your way with the FA Cup. But it is possible without a free hit and just with the wild card to navigate that period surprisingly effectively and still have most of a team that's optimised for each of those game weeks. Uh, like, no, that's a good, very, very good point, Kylie, with um, with the bench, being able to use that bench to fill in the gaps and to kind of make that make your team suitable for, for both of those. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is worth thinking about, is that, is, is to, but you do have to kind of plan from earlier, I guess, and that is the, the price yeah, you pay it- for. That's the risk, you know, sorry, that's the compromise is that, you know, you're maybe missing opportunities from other teams um, in 27 to, to 30. You're, you're missing out on opportunities with City or whoever, and you're focusing instead on, on these other teams. But as we said, there, there has to be compromise. Um, but I think I think if you don't panic and you just kind of take a breath and look at it, and just think, what's the best possible scenario I can get across whatever my situation is, rather than the absolute panic that we're all absolutely prone to, um, you know, of I must have 11 for a blank game week and I must have a full 15 who have a double game week in this scenario. It's not really achievable. So just do the best that you can do and focus on who's going to get you the most points, who you feel conviction over getting you points. You know, in blank game field 31, we will all have bonds up front, right? Let's just all agree now. It's going to happen. We're all going to go with 11 players and bonds is going to be the main forward. It's just going to happen. Burns and maybe Gabby Adini come back for Southampton as well. Oh, if he came back, he's an absolute trick. Let's not forget the double game week where he delivered uh, – Zero points for people 
Is that right? An ex- exceptional one, yeah. <laughs> That's, it's, enough, it's enough to avoid Southampton assets, I think, for any of these strategy discussions. I think we should just avoid Southampton altogether. <laughs> Although I haven't said that, Ward Prowse, I, I'm very, very happy with him as my as my fifth mid. He's, he's Redman is, is doing well. You know? He's doing well too. He is. He is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, folks, folks, let's let's. I think we should move on now. Normally, we do look at our, our bonk marrier stock section of the show, but um, for our listeners, I'll just give the breakdown this week. So um, it is bonk Mars, Mary Kylie, and stock Peter and his spreadsheets. So um, that's what we need to do for for the coming game weeks and just. I never kinda... signed up to that. So Mars. I'm marriage material, am I? That's good to know. Well, certainly more than Mars is. He, he jets off around the world without telling anyone. That means free time. That means free time. That means you have your own time. I have very demanding. So, you know, like, you only see my finer qualities. Yeah, high maintenance. Uh, you'll, have, so. you'll have to excuse me a second, guys. I need to go and close the curtains because I suddenly feel like I'm being watched. That's probably Mars. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's almost uh, certainly. Folks, let's move on quickly to our listener questions section of the show. We're going to hit this, and then we'll give our captain picks for um, Game Week 27. So um, first up, now we cover a lot of these during the show, so I will skip over them when when I do believe we have. Fiverr says, Fiverr says Don misses at least one question. Who, who bets? Five pounds. <laughs> five pounds isn't worth much nowadays, the way the currency five euros is going. Uh, sorry. Five euros for you. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely going to miss one. It wouldn't be our Don if he didn't. Yeah, well, I'll do my best. Um, Stu, yeah, Stu at Stu Brian 10. So he was just asking about strategies for people with no free hit chips. So we did cover that one. Hopefully, Stu, you got some value from that. Uh, Paul at Sky Player and FPL was asking about wild, no, no wildcard discussion. So again, we covered that off in, in the previous section of the show. Um, FPL Tartan Paint was also asking about the best strategy for a big gain in one game week with no wildcard left. So risks or differentials are acceptable as a strategy. Um, so hopefully we've covered all them off. Let me see. You know, Don, just, just whilst we're there, actually, I would love, of course, we'll follow Paul's because he's leading in the mini league at the moment. But because he's somebody who used his wildcard early, I would love to know at the end of the season when we do a recap what happened to the people who used their wildcard, the second wildcard early, and those that kept it too late, and like the difference in position. It'll be interesting to see just... Uh, so keep well, the, Paul, well, it, won't, it, it won't be hard. It won't be hard to see anyway with Paul because he is top of an awful lot of yeah. mini leagues <laughs> around yeah, exactly. the top. So we we'll see his red arrows or green arrows. Um, John G mm-hmm. was asking, um, Maris, you give this one to you. John G. Griffiths United was asking, how many hits is okay between now and game week thirty-one? If assuming free hit in thirty-two and wild card in thirty-four. He's currently anticipating Game Week 25. Uh, Aguero, he, he, he triple captained Aguero in Game Week 25, made a nice call on that. So he's um, he's trying to basically yeah. compensate for those. Listen, moves, yeah. listen. Uh, I took a minus eight hit for 20 for Game Week 25 and ended up with 116. So sometimes taking hits that does work. If I didn't take that minus four to make it a minus eight, I would never have got Laporta in. Kylie will vouch for that. It was in a in a group chat and I said, well, I'm going to do it. I was annoyed because yeah. uh, B had a seven pointer on the bench, and then Laporte does what you know what he did and gets twenty points in the high score, whatever. So my point is, I, I'm not going to tell you how many. It really depends on your team, but also on players that Pete mentioned that you're taking out that have high value. Or what I would say is, don't 
go for. If you're gonna bring players in, you need to bring the best of the uh, the best players in the team that are playing. So if you're looking at Leicester, it has to be somebody like Vardy, Madison, Pereira, maybe Chilwell. Maguire gets in ahead of two. If you're looking at Bournemouth, you have to be looking at people like Fraser or King. I would stay away from their defence. You need to get the best players out of those teams because they're the ones that will get the points more likely than than the others. Of course, there's always the random goal scorers that come in double game weeks and blank game weeks. We know them. They always will turn up. But uh, listen, I already said it. I'm going to take, I'm thinking at least around a minus eight or minus 12. Right now, that's what I'm thinking of. And I'm not scared of doing it because I think the players that I bring in, I hope they will deliver more than that based on the fixtures that I can see. Um, but yeah, th- that's what I'll take for that. I think one one thing that yeah. I one thing I continuously see on Twitter over and over again is people saying, "Oh, I took a hit and it worked because I've got a net gain of plus three this week or whatever it is," as if that means anything. You, you've got to consider if you take a minus four, it's not just for one week; it's for a life of a transfer. You might have that player in for five, six, seven, eight, nine game weeks or something like that. If you think that you're going to take minus twelve hits, yeah, Mars, for example, he's going to take minus twelve worth of hits. Is that going to play out over the next? It's not over the next game week. It's going to be over the next five or six or seven game weeks, and it's it, it, you shouldn't be frightened of taking hits in, under those circumstances because it may be that the yeah you know, the first game it happens okay you don't make you don't make the you don't make the points back okay fair enough next, next week it might happen the week after that it probably happen again so yeah I, there's, there's a lot of fear over hits because I think oh well, what could I have had uh, people think what could I have had. Uh, um, just based on this one game week, I, th- I think it's so important just to look past that and just think about think about the season in, t- in chunks of time, individual game absolutely, weeks. Absolutely, absolutely spot on. Yep. I've and always been pro hits. I think to forget about what could have been and, and focus on what you have. Oh, exactly. Um, and usually, usually when you're taking hits, okay, uh, if it's an irrational like you know one week situation and not even a double all right and you're taking a full-on punt and you're expecting that person to deliver in only that game week uh, you know I wouldn't be on board with that but I think if you are bringing in players that you have conviction about and you've obviously chosen them for a reason they've got a few opportunities to get you points and it could really make a significant difference in your team Absolutely go for it. My favorite decisions I've ever made have been the ones that have involved hits, generally eight-point hits, because they've yielded quite a strong change in my team. And, you know, maybe they didn't deliver that first week, but they certainly, for the most part, these ones that I'm talking about, delivered over the course of a period because Mm -hmm. there was an intention behind it and a reason why I wanted those players in my team. They need to look a little bit. I think the key thing with hits is always just look a little bit. It's not if you, if somebody is taking in hits. I know experienced managers won't do this, but um, inexperienced managers sometimes take hits, and then the very next week they're transferring the player out for another hit, and then this all gets compounded. And I think you do need to look a little bit more than one game week. If you are doing a hit for a player, you have to have a little bit of a plan to have them there for for enough time, basically, to make up the points hit for you. But um, but yeah, hundred percent, great answers, dudes. Um, FC Crooner, um, Peter, come to you on this. Um, Crooninho was asking, if you own Aubameyang, would you sell in game week 28 for Kun Aguero? Um, City have great fixtures where they could go seriously big. He's dead ending in 31, so it would be short-term only. Uh, fish, I mean, so selling the Aubameyang for Aguero, I mean, yeah, in, in terms of 
fixtures and probably form, it does seem to make a lot of sense to do that. I would caveat that by saying I don't like transferring out highly explosive, high potential players unless they're injured, unless you absolutely have to. Because it always has the potential to come back and bite you in the arse. Um, Arsenal going away to Tottenham, that's a fixture where genuinely anything could happen. Um, and historically, it's usually been a high scoring game. I think it was 4 2 earlier in the season, so there's definitely opportunity there. Uh, Bournemouth do not have a good defence, so Abamia has got potential in that one as well. Man United at home. Yeah, United have tightened up a little bit, but they still look a little bit susceptible to to good movement. And I think Arsenal. One thing you'd say about Arsenal up front is that their movement, their movement's not bad um, at least. So it may come back and bite you, but I think on balance, if assuming you've got no other problems in your team, uh, assuming there's there's no other you know fires burning anywhere else, it's it's not the worst idea in the world. Mm, yeah, I'd, I'd be of agreement. That's um, I'd probably back Kuhn over a, over Aubameyang each week, really. But um, but yeah, it is it is always risk when you sell a premium asset. Um, tell me, Marzi, um, Jimmy McCheese so Claret um, FPL was asking um, thoughts on Higuain as a second striker. So we mentioned about Chelsea earlier on there, but um, what are you thinking on Higuain from what you've seen him so far? He's trying. I'm not. I'm not too keen on Chelsea. Full stop. To be honest, but the fact that they are, you know, the, again, it's going to come back depending on what what chips and what strategies you have. Chelsea now we know they bla- they're not blanking. They've got good good fixtures actually. You know, they've got obviously after the blank. Uh, Chelsea Tottenham is always one of those tough games. High scoring. They don't like each other. Anything can happen. Then they have got Fulham. Leaky defense. Wolves seem to do well against the top teams, but they are playing away, so it could be. It, it could be. A, <laughs> Both the, the funny thing is both teams are good on the counter with Chelsea Wolves, so it's like who's going to go first for the attack? Um, and then Everton away. I mean, Everton are, oh, gosh, awful. And then Cardiff. So, good fixtures. I think Higuain is one definitely to watch. I won't be jumping on him early, but thinking about Blank Game 31 and 33, he's definitely one that... Because there's not many strikers. If you look at the teams that we have for 31, um, so if you if you already have three Liverpool, you don't have Firmino. That's... That, so that's one striker gone. Fulham, no thanks. Uh, well, Mitrovic, but they've got Liverpool. Uh, sorry, away. Uh, not at home. So, yeah, Mitrovic maybe. You've got Leicester and Bournemouth. There's not that... Yes, these strikers, you know, OK. Uh, King can score. Uh, Vardy can score. These, but they're not like the top scoring forwards at the moment. So Higuain could be, could come in and jump in and uh, do something. I'm not too convinced right now, but let's see. Maybe he's one of those guys that will score against the weaker teams because he seemed he, he got a couple against Huddersfield, so why not? Just watch. The thing, the thing about Higuain, um, this is based on what I saw um, in the, the game earlier against Man United and yeah, highlights from previous games as well. He is a very, very good finisher. He's uh, unnervingly accurate uh, historically. Uh, his shots will be on target. And what I've noticed, he's incredibly good at finding space. Even in the penalty area, he's always, always in space. Um, and that will serve him yeah. really well, provided, provided the ball can get to him. The problem Chelsea have got is that their main strategy seems to be get the ball to Hazard and let him dribble with it uh, and try and cause a bit of chaos in defence. If it happens to fall to Higuain, absolutely great. No worries at all. He'll probably, put the, he'll probably test a goalkeeper, if nothing else. Problem Chelsea have got 
spot is that they don't have a David Silver type character who can you know unpick defenses. I don't think um, their midfield are all either passing sideways or very workmanlike uh, defenders. They try to create quite a lot of overlap on the left-hand side, so there's potential for Alonso and uh, Hazard crosses into the box, but I, you know, it, it's not their main strategy. So I, I think Higuain is a very good striker, and I think if he gets service, he'll definitely score and he'll be worth the money. But in that Chelsea team, I'm not 100% convinced at the moment. Their, their main strategy is not geared around, I don't think, getting him the ball. Uh, whereas like Harry Kane at Tottenham, Mo Salah at Liverpool, the main strategy is basically allow these guys to shoot whenever they can and try and you know, create opportunities for them to shoot. The With Chelsea, the opportunities always seem to be try to get to Hazard. So I would probably steer clear at the moment, especially at 9.5. If he's a bit cheaper, he might be worth the punt, but I'm not sure he is at the moment. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, me and Pete. Um, and funny enough, you mentioned there about um, Alonso and crossing the ball. Uh, Dave, our next question comes from Dave for Bernie, who put up a tweet earlier on something about like the year is 2024 and um, Alonso has hit one of his teammates in the box with one of his crosses. So um, the, <laughs> the question from him for you, Kylie, is a uh, question. Rashford, why keep him? He's injury prone and apparently carrying a knock and has been rotated with Lukaku, albeit Rashford is first choice in the league. Is it time to sell Rashford? So a quick answer on that one, Kylie. Ah, no, I love Rashford. He's he's approaching love bug status. Um, I don't want to get rid of him personally. I think the difference between him and Lukaku in that team is quite substantial and it's really noticeable. Um, he played tonight and uh, he played well. He didn't look like he was carrying any injuries. So I, I don't think it's a case of that. Obviously, there's there's questions over fixture congestion and, and whether maybe he might be rotated. But they want to still finish as high as possible as they can in the league. And even if he plays, you know, we get to this point, we're talking about double game weeks. They've two guaranteed double game weeks. And that's like catnip to us FPL managers. Given his price, and certainly for myself, the price I bought him at, he won't be going anywhere for me unless he is injured or I have real concern. Yeah, 100% agreed. I, th- I, th- I think, sorry, big... just, sorry, yeah, just to jump in on that, I think, I don't think with Martial and, and Lingard injured at the moment, I don't think they can afford to drop Rashford. The, the way they want to play, which is, you know, very fast transitions, you know, vertical passing between the lines, a lot of pace going forward, there's, they haven't got anyone else who can do that. It, it, you know, Pogba and Rashford are what are adding the, the pacing at the moment, especially in the absence of Martial and Lingard. So I think while those other two are injured, I don't think Lingard's, I don't think Rashford's going anywhere. So I don't think he does get rotated as much. So no, hold him, in my opinion. Nice one. Thanks, Pete. Um, next few questions were to do with, again, our strategy, our chip strategy. John G was asking another one to do with uh, bringing in players that would be available for both blank game weeks. Um, humanity was saying about using his wildcard but also having the free hit chip suggests the best possible plan so we've covered that one off uh, DJ Dom as well or FBL DJ Dom J was asking a similar question um, to Peter actually this one is uh, from uh, Jeff FBL Thunder he was asking um, random question what's the best thing about Leighton Buzzard he grew up in Dunstable nearby so uh, Peter tell us tell us all about Leighton Buzzard uh, the best thing about Leighton Buzzard is it's not Dunstable 
<laughs> or a bit of local uh, rivalry going on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Um, FBL Gaz was asking, what is the average points per match for each position this season? Um, did anyone do any research on this one by any chance? I should have asked that pre-pod, really. No, uh, I, 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 I've not just yet. Okay, so um, Gaz, you can look that up yourself. Prashant <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ferrari was asking, um, he's saying Hazard is... <laughs> Hazard Gaz, what up. Don means, what Don means is look into it and answer you on Twitter, and Don specifically is going to look into it for you. Uh, yeah, we'll make question, him do Gaz. his homework. <laughs> Hazard is stinking up his team. This is uh, Prashant. So um, he had planned on doing Hazard and Ings to achieve being over me, but um, he's he's beginning to doubt that one right now. Um, Hazard to Mane. So, um, Marzi, what about this one quickly? Hazard to Mane, and the only problem, of course, is in Game Week 27, he'll have five people involved in that Man United-Liverpool match. Um, so what's your thinking on that? Would you be looking to move towards Aubameyang, or would you prefer to move from Hazard to Mane? Oof. I like Aubameyang's pictures if you can afford Hazard to Mane you need to wait if you've got five players in one game no idea what's going to happen in that game it might be an, uh, you know his, yeah no I'll have to move Hazard on uh, if you're going to go for Mane yeah but they're all they are all attacking assets that he has probably in the uh, mind you I suppose he could have Robertson or even Allison. Um, in terms of yeah. defence, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a highly mm. high-scoring game that game. Um, Richarlison replacement, who would you go for, Marcy? If you were just giving me, give me a, fit, a player around about his price tag, who would be your favourite? Madison or Anderson? Yeah, Agreed. Anderson. Anderson, Anderson is personally the, the guy that I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, World Cup Dan B was asking strategy-wise again another question if you if all you have left is a wild card so hopefully we answered that one okay for you Dan um, and last question is um, FBL Thunder Jeff again his second question of the night was what topping is your choice ketchup brown mayo gravy vinegar or something more bizarre like Glenn Hoddle who preferred a deft touch on his chips so um, what's what's your well, pre- I, did, uh, P- I, did poll, I did a poll on three amigos. I on know this I have that. One, I'm I have, sure you I've saw it. That in front of me here, and it was um, the poll you ran, uh, three amigos, and it came in with uh, 38% on salt and vinegar, which would be my favourite. 35% on mayo, ketchup, or brown sauce. 11% on chili or garlic. I don't know what that's about, Mars. Garlic on your chips. Garlic right. sauce? Are you mad? Garlic sauce, yeah. No, oh, sorry, Don't. folks. No, 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 um, oh. I disagree with all of them. My favourite is pepper sauce. Pepper sauce? Weirdo. Pepper sauce, yeah. Pepper sauce, yeah, I have to have a bit of steak sauce. with it, though. No, uh, no, for the vegetarian-friendly version is minus the steak. Wait, pepper sauce are you on chips is that you've never had, Don, you've never had garlic sauce on your chips? No. We no, need, I haven't. We need yeah. to uh, uh, okay, to yeah, do you know what it yeah, is? No. This is because, you know, they... they need to broaden their, you know, cuisine horizons. I don't particularly like garlic, but uh, garlic sauce and chilli sauce, um, is, you get that all over everything. All right, well, sorry, um, Carly, sorry, when you say we need to broaden our culinary horizons. Yeah, yeah, she's just basically insulting us there because we're not traveling. <laughs> 
when you, so when you say broadening our country, just because she had to travel to the other side of the world. Until Pete, until Pete chips in, literally, I was going to say, Galway need to uh, a bit of diversity, because normally garlic toast comes in from, you know, um, Turkish or Asian shops. Yeah. But Pete, I'm a bit surprised that in 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 England you've never had garlic sauce on your broad, chips. Broad, broadening, yeah. broadening culinary horizons and diversifying <laughs> does not mean taking two random ingredients and smashing them together. And for the best. Have you not seen them together? It is weird. I do agree, but it, it's a thing. There are definitely what? those kind of people who go to a coffee shop, Pete, and, and order some fucking just can't order just a cappuccino or a flipping. It's a well, frappuccino like a latte of... cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot of, like, kebab I, I know the kind of person you are, Kylie, now. I know. <laughs> You're no longer a marriage material, okay? Um, <laughs> let's move well, on I to our game cook week steak, plans. So that's a factor as well. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our gar- game week plans and our Barlow and Bar- Baldwin captain picks for game week 27. So, Pete, as our guest, you're first up. So um, tell us, tell us who are you going to go for? And remember, if you need a reminder, your Barlow was your bo- your bo- uh, your Barlow is your boring captain pick, and your Baldwin is your risky one. Yeah, I I don't know to be honest with you. I've, <laughs> I've been so focused on working out long term strategies, I barely thought about this uh, this game week. Um, I think I think the boring one's probably Salah. I don't, I don't care if he is playing Man United. Uh, uh, Man United. Come to you in a minute. Mid- no, 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 it's like, okay. I think, yeah, Salah's a boring pick, so I don't think Man United are infallible at the back, uh, and that's a, that's definitely a fixture which could, um, yeah, again, anything could happen. Um, I think the the riskier pick, I think, arguably is uh, Son, but again, yeah, away at Burnley, I'm not sure I particularly fancy that, so, him, actually, maybe Jimenez away at Bournemouth. That would be that would be my risky mm. one. Jimenez away at Bournemouth, I think. Good stuff. I'm, I'm purely looking uh, at my t- I'm pu- purely looking at my team here, by the way. I'm no, no, that's that's what you have to do. Yeah, that's the way we do yeah. it. Is um, your own team who you would be actually choosing if you were if you were feeling a bit ballsy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, Jimenez I'm, Jimenez against Bournemouth would be good. Bournemouth goals. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm no moving it to Jimenez now. I'm moving it to Jimenez now, and it looks pretty good actually. I might I'm, I may stick with that. I probably won't. Hmm. But. <laughs> you never know. Um, but uh, tell me, Mars, come to you next. Yeah, um, funnily what's, enough, I had it on your, Jimenez. What's your plans? Yeah, funnily Him. enough, I had it on Jimenez. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, Pete. But, um, Salah could still be an option. Um, it, to be honest, in fact, with Liverpool's defence, you can pick anybody from that game. And I agree with you. It could be a high-scoring game. Rashford, Pogba, Mane, Salah, Firmino, whatever. I think, you know, both defence can be uh, easily uh, got at. Obviously, Van Dijk would have had a rest because he's not playing midweek, but still, um, let's see Rashford loves the game against United, against Liverpool. Uh, but I'll, for me, he's a risky stroke, uh, boring. Son to Burnley uh, with um, yeah, Jimenez would be my bold um, one. And uh, Kylie, how about yourself? Mine's the same as Mars. Um, you know, I, it's not that Son is particularly boring, but in my team, um, I have quite a number of players in, in the Liverpool United match as it is, so I don't really want to throw my captaincy in the mix as well. So it, Son kind of seems the safer bet of the option, other options, and the standout risky pick for me is Jimenez. 
it's just so that Bournemouth defence, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine, can't remember a game week where we've had pretty much around the round the table consensus on the picks being Son and Jimenez as the captain yeah. choices. It uh, it does it doesn't feel like we're talking about a usual weekend, but I guess then it isn't. Um, folks, thanks a million. This has been a, a great podcast, and hopefully our listeners got um, got some value from it. Firstly, thanks very much, Pete, for joining us once again. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much for having me back. Very welcome. Anytime. Um, we have been Mars. You can find at Mars05. Kylie, who you can find at KylieFPL. Myself, you can find at the Marple Curse. And of course, our special guest, Pete, who you can find at MattSafe underscore FBL. We hope you've enjoyed listening in. Have our browse through our back catalogue of getting to know you episodes when you get the, when we get to know FBL managers from all around the world. We added two more to that in the last week and we'll be adding another with the boys from the Planet FBL pod this week. So check that out. Please like, share and rate the podcast as it helps us spread our Amigo message throughout the FBL world. Thanks as always for your support. Good luck in the coming game week. Adios, amigos. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo. I like that. Please like, blah, 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 and write the podcast. Obviously, you went right there. Did I say right there? Yeah. I think you meant to say right. I'm not doing it again. No, it sounds funny. (laughs) It's like a letter through the post.